0: Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic
2: Hits. Now, from tomorrow night, the late night bar club and entertainment sector is to be subjected to a curfew where all customers must be off the premises by midnight. A fresh round of COVID restrictions will also see people working from home again where it is possible from Friday. These latest initiatives, if I will call them that, to try and stem the flow of COVID transmission are yet again fraught with confusion and of course claims of contradiction. You must work from home but technically you could work with only two or three people if you were actually in your workplace but you could live with six or seven. You could go to the pub in your lunchtime and meet your mates and then potentially bring COVID back into your home anyway. You're confined to a home office during the week but you can still meet up with your colleagues if you want to and go to the Christmas party as long as it's Ended before midnight. You can sit at a gig or you can take to the dance floor at 11pm. In fact, even at 11.50 or 11.55, but not after midnight. And if you can even get your head around the holes that can be picked in the latest announcement, well, the most senior members of government, the Taoiseach, the Thánaisle and the Health Minister, are all sort of indicating that these may not be enough. It may not work to stem the tide of COVID admissions to hospital, which, by the way, are high again. 634 COVID patients in hospital today as we speak. That's the highest figure since the 24th of February. It's 20 uh, of an increase on yesterday and it's 83 higher than it was a week ago. 114 COVID patients in intensive care today as well. Stephen Donnelly saying in a media interview today that a circuit breaker lockdown before Christmas just can't be ruled out. Meal Martin saying last night that Neff would have put in a caveat in their advice to government that further measures also can't be ruled out. He says that the government will observe and will monitor the situation in the coming weeks. So we want to ask you today is this delaying the inevitable? Should the government just be biting the bullet and going full tilt on this now or is what they're doing because of all of the contradictions that are in, involved in it yet again, just pointless in the first place? Just let you know, let it go now at this stage. We've had our vaccines We've all been as socially responsible as any of us are going to be prepared to be. And so it's a case of just everybody fend for themselves and the health service fend for themselves. What do you think? Let us know what you think. Should we be looking at just get the lockdown? If it's going to happen in a couple of weeks, you know what, that's even closer to Christmas. Let's get it done now or just leave well alone. What we've done already is a step too far. Uh, Carl Malloy uh, is on the line. Carl, you're from the Wedding Band Association. I didn't mention there any of the uh, information about weddings because to be perfectly honest with you I don't know what they are. So you know we've had weddings going ahead with full capacity uh, for a number of weeks now but do you have to shut up shop at midnight?
0: Well thank you very much for having me on and good afternoon. Firstly what we do know is that between the 6th of September and the 22nd of October the curfew of 11.30 was in place and it did not hinder uh, any kind of party atmosphere in the wedding so that's the good news for wedding couples that might be stressed out thinking that they're going to have to close up shop at 12. so my advice to them is if this is the case well all you got to do is roll back your stuff forward mm-hmm. get you know so that's that's the good that's the good news you can still get your band and dj in if the 12 o'clock curfew comes in what we don't know and we have a meeting with the department officials today and we'll be this will be our first question What we don't know is, can music go beyond 12 o'clock for the people that are residents of the hotel? Most of the time, people going to a wedding will be residents anyway. So that's what we need to figure out. We just don't know. There's no clarity on that. I would like to think so, that that will be the case, that the DJ can come in and perform until 2 a.m. without the closure. But we just don't know, is the question.
2: Okay, but the good news I suppose to cling to there, Col, is that even if that's not the case and even if it is going to be a half-eleven shut-up shop at a wedding, in your experience of having done this now for a while, it's not going to ruin the big day per se
0: absolutely not and I'm sure all my colleagues within the industry within bands, will will echo what I'm saying today it just means you you start you start the party a little bit earlier is the best way of. and you know in many cases if you you go to a wedding sometimes that little lull between the church or the hotel ceremony and the pre-dinner lull before you get your dinner it can be a bit long sometimes so you just bring it back but we just need clarity this is always the problem I mean we were on a home run we got back to work on the 6th of September Uh, you know we were all back working And I might add, there was no real spike in cases when when weddings got back, you know. So it's really now coming into the winter season, we're seeing these case numbers going up. And we never want to go back to a no live music, no dancing policy. We just won't accept it. Mm. So, you know, other kind of measures that we could put forward uh, of of extra measures that we can do to ensure that we get through the winter and we can go to work but obviously at the moment wedding couples just don't know uh, the venues don't know yeah. so hopefully after the meeting today we'll get some clarity on that
2: what happens if the worst comes to the worst again Col what happens if the decision is taken that it has to to shut down for whatever reason it's 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 gone too far and and it has to go. You know, we heard Stephen Donnelly this morning also saying that there is no plan at the moment to row back on either the cut to or the cut off of new entrants to the PUP. Where does that leave you and and, and people like you, um, professional musicians?
0: I think no plan is a very key word uh, throughout all of this process. The, the, I know that COVID is a moving target, but, you know, us as an industry, we feel that we should have more engagement from department officials. I mean, it's very unfair for nightclub owners to read this in the news. I just don't accept that. I think that, you know, industry leaders should be engaging with the department before this news breaks. It's a real slap in the mouth in many different cases. But I don't see that they can go back. I mean... Look, you know, we've, we've all got on the bus, we've taken the vaccine, we have a very high percentage vaccine rate. Uh, Dr. Tony Houlihan tweeted last week saying the vast majority of people getting COVID are having very mild symptoms. Mm-hmm. So to go back, um, I mean, Heather Humphreys I I'll quote what she said yesterday, she said this is not a closure, it's a curfew. But it is a closure for the nightclubs. A nightclub, have you ever but, gone to a nightclub before 12 o'clock? <laughs>
2: Well, I, I have, but very rarely. It would be very rare i go to a nightclub on, oh, Jesus, I'd say in the last decade, it may have been once or twice, that's it. But but here's the thing, though. What is, Are there certain laws around... Here's another point, actually. I mean, I was talking to two people this morning who were saying, one of whom who had uh, a young adult uh, uh, daughter, uh, saying that all of her friends were on various WhatsApp groups last night. We're going out tonight. We're going out tomorrow night as well. In other words, the, the very people that, that uh, the government in taking this measure are trying to, you know, halt put a halt to their gallop are, are just going out and going to get it done over the next two nights anyway. Um, and also, second part of that is you know, what are the laws around, Can you? I mean, can you open your nightclub at six o'clock? And I mean, are we going to see nightclubs and the nightclub industry in an effort to stay open and to keep business viable for them? Just having their opening hours change till earlier in the night and having maybe more promotions around getting people in yeah. earlier?
0: And that is an interesting point, because if you go back to weddings, and I'll, I'll echo it again. I mean, midnight, it's not the end of the world you know the four o'clock in the morning hanging off the residence bar <laughs> you get you feel that pain the next day and I've been speaking to many wedding guests uh, of weddings that we played uh, when that curfew was in they were going, you know what we had a great night you know okay we went to bed relatively early we didn't want to go to bed too early mm-hmm. but I felt great this morning so look it, it, it comes back to that maybe we'd be going to nightclubs maybe we'd be heading into coppers at three o'clock in the day we'd be going come on let's get this over <laughs> and done with you know and I be eating kebabs at six o'clock in the evening. So. <laughs> Do you know what it,
2: but, it, but, might, it might be the very thing that might get me back at a nightclub again to be honest with you Call, if they actually had them open at a time of day that that maybe suited me but again like you know loopholes, loopholes there's always going to be loopholes uh, Finn what do you think do you think that we are staring down the barrel of uh, essentially another another lockdown and that we may as well just get it over and done with now
3: um, I think so, yeah. I think the government have ran out of carrots to dangle in front of us and, you know, who go- they're going to be calling them day clubs by the end of the year because who goes <laughs> to a night they go for a drink and they carry Listen, on? Listen,
2: there could very well be people in the industry who are going to take that one and run with it, you know, and who can well, blame we, them, we, we,
3: we, Yeah, I know, but the thing about it is is that what's going to happen is that if, if people have to be off licensed premises by midnight, it's going to um, encourage more street drinking and it's going to encourage more house parties. The numbers are going to increase naturally Um, And the the pubs and the nightclubs are a a semi-controlled environment. You can't control everything that goes on inside and licensed premises, but you can certainly manage it. And I think what's going to happen then is that these Muppets and government are going to turn around and say, okay, we handed it back to your responsibility. You didn't act on it. And we're shutting you down. And the thing about it is, last Christmas, they did it on Christmas Eve. Mm. I feel, my own personal view, is that it's going to come before that because people are going to go... You know, we've been in lockdown for a long time and, and, and we've been stuck indoors and people are going to go mental and they're going to say, right, we can't go to a nightclub. Who's got who's got um, Bluetooth? Let's have a disco. Let's have a party at a house. And then what you're going to see is the, the cases go up. They spread across the county and I think there will be lockdown.
2: So, in your opinion, th- what they're going to do now or what comes into effect from tomorrow night and from Friday in terms of people from working from home and not being able to go out after midnight, mm-hmm. is it is it sort of like... Absolutely pointless because people who are going to go out and going to socialise are going to go out and going to socialise anywhere. They're just going to do it a bit earlier and possibly then actually find themselves. And certainly this is the the, the the view of the Licensed Vintners Association and people in the industry, industry stakeholders, that it's going to drive people actually to house parties where Absolutely. there isn't the regulation about wearing a mask going to the to the bathroom or whatever.
3: It's putting, a, it's putting a bandaid on a bullet hole and you know they, they know what's coming down the road and you only have to look at at the minute the crisis that's going on with people trying to get tested for this disease and um, you can't get one. It, it, down here in Cork you have to travel to Manway, which is an hour's drive to get one right. and there are days ahead. The schools are rampant with it, the, 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 you know and people in the sporting, in the music industry, in the pub industry have been so good and they've spent so much money getting the places set for certain re- regulations. But these this, this is a curf this is a curfew. This is crazy. It's taking away people and as you said, they will decide, you know where we're out tonight, let's go to a party. Before you know it, there's people mixing from seven or eight different households. Um that would have been in a social circle maybe of five or six people in that nightclub.
2: So what do you think then, in your opinion, Finn, should they just bite the bullet
3: and do it now? Um, they were advised last year to do it for four weeks in November when do- when Dr. Holland came back from um, his That's wife That's right and away. people power and they, I and think and it, was,
2: no. and it was well I think it was I think it was public pressure I think people power turned around and they got the sense of the public mood that they weren't going to buy into this again that they did not want to be staring down the barrel of a lockdown that they wanted to be treated like grown-ups and not like children and they did not make that decision on a November lockdown
3: But they gave us a lockdown on Christmas Eve at 4pm and look what happened. Um, it just drew, and then you had uh, people ringing up. Oh, there's not enough guards, police in the streets. There was a party here, there was a party there. There was anti-social behaviour. It's going to it's going to be a knock-on domino effect of things that aren't related to COVID, but yet COVID's going to be the forefront. And I believe that the government are going to turn around and say, "Well, we gave you a choice, we gave you a chance. You didn't take it, so there you are." Here's a lockdown.
2: And is that then? I mean, do we need to suck that up? Then you know we've been given personal responsibility. Look, I'm, I, I'm not blaming people or individuals. This is, as we know, an unpredictable virus and, and something mm-hmm. that we still well, don't it, okay. know a lot about. It's only We've only known about its existence for, for two years, just under two it, years. It, so there are still uncertainties. But But is it a case then that we need to grow a pair and we need to go, right, actually, do you know what? This is personal responsibility and this is what personal responsibility looks like. And we're not up to the job.
3: But why don't the government take responsibility for what they've, did? you know, they keep moving the goalposts. You've got one person saying one thing, you've got another person saying another, and apparently the virus is well-known because it doesn't work after midnight, because if you're out of the premises by midnight, you don't get it. So it's a, it's a very well-known virus, and it seemed to have the ins and outs of its habits.
2: Uh, yeah, I heard it uh, referred to last night, Finn, as the Cinderella virus. So I, uh, that's probably one that, that may stick. Where are you on this? Should we just bite the bullet? You know, we've got to also think about the people who are at the coal face of this, that are people that are frontline workers, that are in the hospitals, that are dealing with this day in, day out. They've had two years nearly of, you know, unbearable pressure brought on them. Is it the safest and fairest thing to do to just shut it down now? Rather be tinkering at the edges uh, and taking a, a week or two to observe and see how that works. So Amy, what's your view on it? Do you think this is tinkering around the edges and it's not strong enough? Or do you think it should we just leave us get on with it now?
1: Oh, you should just leave it get on with it. Um, like, look... It, 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 logic behind you can stay in a pub till 12 but not two is is complete nonsense it's telling somebody they can come into an office for four hours of the day but you have to work from home for the other four hours you know it's 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 it's, it's, there's no scientific scientific evidence to back anything they're doing i think they are just you know trying to deter and make it look like they're trying to do something but it's it's all it's doing is just destroying businesses
2: Yeah, but look, if you, for example, are sitting thinking, right, I want to see the girls, right? And we were going to actually go out and go for um, a few uh, fizzies and then probably hit a club and go dancing. But now maybe instead what I'll do is we'll go out a bit earlier and we'll go and have dinner and just head home. And we'll be a little bit more sedate. And we are more aware that actually things are changing and that, you know, the, the situation at hand is maybe a little bit more critical than it was a couple of months ago. Do you think it's likely to change people's behaviour?
1: No, they're just going to get ready like two hours earlier to head out two hours earlier. Um, like if you look throughout, The entire history that we're aware of, you know, there's been pandemics, there's been epidemics and they normally have like a three year cycle, you know, um, I think the Black Death was one of the longest and that was like seven years. Um, you have the, the Ebola pandemic. You know, they, they didn't shut down everything, even though it was claiming millions of lives. That that was two years. Well,
2: I mean, the Ebola pandemic was in a part of the world where, you know, you could argue there wasn't a huge amount of of economic activity and the the issues that were that were present there are, are different to this, which is global. And we have also have a lot of medical science. We have vaccines. We're on the cusp of new antiviral medication, one that is yet to be licensed that Pfizer has developed. Uh, Another which has already been licensed for use in the UK and should be rolled out there. So it's not like, you know, the Black Death. It's not like historic plagues necessarily because we're obviously, we have a lot more scientific advances now. That said, it's also potentially spreading much further because we have air travel and interconnectivity that we didn't have
1: yeah like I I I do agree with what you're saying but you know again it it is a virus it is something that that will run its course you know that the same as 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 any other virus that that has been around mm. throughout history and we are that more advanced now so there won't be as many deaths there shouldn't be as many deaths mm. Yeah, I don't
2: know if, you know, I, I absolutely take your point, Amy, and I, and I agree with you. And I mean, we've been told consistently that it will get to a point where we view COVID-19 as a type of cold or more milder version of the flu. But I but I think we're a way off from that yet. And we obviously have a critical situation in the hospitals at the moment. Darianne, thanks for getting Hi in touch you, with Tara. the programme. What do you think? You know, do you think that we're being treated like children here by the government? Or do you think that they actually should be a bit firmer and just going, right, we're in a critical situation well, again. We can see where this is going. Shut it down.
4: You know, I, I earlier on, I was more or less thinking shut it down. But listening to, I, I wasn't quite aware of the absolute ridiculousness of what they have come up with. And listening to the guy from the music scene and your other callers, mm. I mean, I think the government would want to get their act together and start telling us the truth. Because if the hospitals can cope, what's going on? Is it, is it, like I got a very bad infection a couple of weeks ago, totally convinced it was COVID, never had anything like it in my life before, and was grounded for two, two, over two weeks. Now, um, I'm just wondering, and then you have people who are, are getting COVID who've been injected, which, like myself, have been, or got the injection. Like, what, what are they not telling us? What, what, like, what's, what is going on in the hospitals? I did hear of a hospital, I won't name it, on the south side, of unforgivable things happening in the A&E. that had nothing to do with COVID absolutely nothing to do with
2: COVID. Listen, Darianne, so, I think there's a long litany of concern and the INMO, you know, have been trying to tell us for years about crisis situation in our hospitals that that existed long before we ever knew of COVID. I think what it is, is that COVID is just, for many of those who have, particularly now when there's such a high vaccination rate, but it's, you know, those who have underlying medical conditions and people who are partially vaccinated and not vaccinated is what they're telling us uh, are, the, are the cohort that are certainly ending up in, in, in hospital and in ICU in particular. So it's heaping even more pressure on top of an already uh, really stretched health system. Well,
4: no, I've actually heard that a lot of the cases of COVID in the hospitals, people have had injections.
2: Oh yeah, no, there that are there there are, there yeah. are, and they've given statistics in relation <laughs> yeah. to it. But it's not. I mean, I think it's it's seven it's it's not a huge number. I look, I, I, no. I don't have the figures in front of me, so I don't want to go quoting them out of the air. But it's but it's a much smaller number than than unvaccinated. But that's neither here nor there. And I don't want to go down the vaccine anti-vaccine route. No, that's, not that's not where because look you know, at the end of the day, the vaccines are there. Anyone who wants to take them can and take them anyone who can't take them oh my God God love them uh, if they, if they want to and they can't and anyone who hasn't taken them they have their own reasons which are you know valid for them so it's it's not necessarily about that but it's about this issue then of of how we live with it while the hospital system is under such threat. Do we shut down now? Are the government sugarcoating it by doing a piecemeal here and a piecemeal there? yeah i absolutely
4: honestly of course they are they're not going to come out and tell us the whole truth and um i mean it really is it's horrendous what's going on for people and uh, you know people's mental health has been battered over the last few months and i'll give an example myself i would i would have had my own mental health issues over the years and it would be something that would appear in my file right i you know, when I went back to a GP, I'm not going to say my GP, I wasn't even asked how my mental health was in all of this crisis.
2: And Darianne, do you know that's the thing? This is the next one that's coming down the line as well. Because, you know, for, uh, while the hospitals are in the state that they are and, and people can't even get to see their GPs at this stage, you know, there's there's... Another chain of people who aren't going to get a lump checked out or aren't, you know, having their heart checked maybe in the way that they might do if they more regularly saw their GPs. And, and as you say, rightly say, Darianne, the, the mental health issues that uh, that are stemming from it as well. Well, look, you know, we've got to hope, I suppose, for the best. This tinkering of sorts uh, will be enough, but uh, I don't know. The read from Government Today and from the Taunishta and from Stephen Donnelly is it's really much a, a very close observation for the next week or so.
0: Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic
4: hits.